When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I feel like they need to introduce ourselves or reintroduce ourselves. It's been that long since we've done a trip supper, but I'm joined by Phil and Vic uh, for maybe our first of the season, or maybe well, our it's second not of our the first of the season. But one did go missing in the ether. Mm. It's still on my phone. Yeah, and another one, for some reason, never went up. There was one where we were uh, and we're chuntering already, and we're 21 seconds in. There was one where we were going to Fulham, and we remembered we hadn't published it. Best that we've ever done that as well. Yeah. Um, but anyway, we're back. But it's, all, it's all going to be on the Christmas greatest hits and outtakes yeah. album, so it'll get out there eventually. The box set. Uh, John O's not with us. He's uh, he's been, been sent out on loan. Yeah, yeah, he's been <laughs> delayed this week. So it's me, Phil and Vic. Uh, looking back on the transfer window and, and Borough's start the season, we'll start with transfers. Um, Vic, you did a piece the morning after, reflected on on a good window. Well, I think it's been a great window. Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, people like to see you. Uh, show some market in, uh, muscle in the market and buy someone on deadline day so you, you get your mention on the, the yellow scrolling ticker tape of doom. Uh, and the fact that the borough didn't make a 8, 10, 12, 20 million pound signing seems to have left some people a little bit flat. But the window lasts for, for three and a half months and borough did most of their, their work early on. And it's, you know, a couple of weeks ago, everyone was praising them for that. The consensus was it was a good thing that you got most of your signings in early, that they could take part in pre-season, <laughs> that they could get bedded in, and the team took shape long before the kickoff. Uh, for me, that's a good thing. Uh, I think they've strengthened in every department, every group, within every unit within the team has been strengthened in terms of options, competition for places, uh, and a little bit of quality in every department as well. Uh, in an ideal world, maybe you would have brought one more in. You know, everyone seems seems to agree that we could do with something else in the the attacking midfield area. But you know, it has to be remembered this is the the first window in the Premier League. Building a team that's going to be perfect in the Premier League is going to take two or three windows. Uh, it, it would be nice to go in there with a team that everyone is completely happy with. But in football, you're never completely happy. You never have the perfect team. There's always space for one more. And I think overall, it's been really, really solid window that, that strengthened the team and made it fit for purpose. We'll, we'll touch on that attacking midfield thing you mentioned in a bit. Phil, um, Vic's saying there about getting the business done early. I guess you only have to look at Sunderland or West Brom or Hull, although I know they've got a, a few over the line in the end. But that kind of desperate late punt for players makes you realise, and I think the prices, I think the prices clubs have paid late on as well, makes you realise just how strong a position Borough found themselves in, isn't it? Yeah, you just had a look at the Sissoko situation to see what a disastrous deadline day move looks like. I mean, he might, he might prove, out to, prove to be a wonderful signing, but the evidence of his time at Newcastle suggests it won't be. Anyway, let's not worry about them. Um, I think what it tells me is that there's been a real kind of the scales have fallen from the eyes of the, the people at the club about the strength of the squad going into the season after the end of last season. Once the, once the clamour of promotion, the excitement of promotion had died down, there's clearly a cold, hard look at the squad and a realisation that the reality is Borough scraped over the line. 
to get out of the championship. Uh, they missed out on the playoffs the year before, made a couple of changes last summer, and it was a touch and go thing, wasn't it? Borough were one late Brighton goal away from going back into the playoffs, and that who knows where we'd have been sat now. So I admire the fact that they've been they've showed a cold, hard, real realistic approach to the window and accepted that they need strengthening throughout. And uh, and that's why we've seen ruthless decisions made with people like Albert Adoma. Um, Adam Reach. Now, whether those decisions are proven to be right remains to be seen. But you can understand the logic behind what Burr have done. I do agree. I think the number ten position is the one place Burr are still vulnerable, which we'll talk about in a bit. But I think overall, you've got to say that you know there's been a real systematic approach to it. They've, they've seen where there's been a weakness and they've done something about it. And um, the, other, the other key thing for me over the over the last few days has been the players who didn't leave and the fact that Jordan Rhodes didn't leave for me is a massive thing. Mm. That's great news. Borough have got three, possibly four strikers to choose from. Negredo, Rhodes, Stuani. Good think, strikers Good well, strikers. Stuani I can see possibly pushing for a place um, now that Borough have bought a right winger. And, um, and of course David Nugent as well. So a very logical approach to the transfer window you don't want to say it. I'm not necessarily I know fans are excited by a £25 million signing but the financial implications of that are horrendous you know it, it, by the time you factor in wages you're looking at a £50 million commitment for one player over five years uh, we've, we've been down that road before with the big explosions of cash on one and two players and it's backfired horribly I don't think Borough have overcommitted on anybody this time round. Off the top of my head, there's, you know, there's, the, the, the the only real gamble is will some of the players who were who, who were bought as maybe as potential players for the future, you like to try or is he going to be ready straight away? Running. Yeah, to hit the ground running. There's, so there's a little bit of gamble, but Borough might look look back in two years and say, do you remember the time we got Trier off for peanuts and he's now worth fifty million quid? You know, that, those things do happen. So. It's been a good window. And just to add to that, you talk about the people who didn't leave, but there's another another factor in, in the recruitment process this summer as well. It's the number of players who've, who've yeah. been signed up on long-term yeah. deals. Yeah. And at the start of the summer, maybe some people felt the big boys are going to move in. We heard the stories about Everton want Ben Gibson, uh, Newcastle want Danny Ayala, uh, surely someone's looking at George Friend. And all those people are now signed up to, to 2020. And that's a solid part of the of the process as well. And sometimes that that gets overlooked because it's not so sexy, but potentially that's just as important as the people that have been brought in. Uh, talking of the big record for big fees, there obviously Chef Wed paid a what's a club record fee for Adam Reach. I think it's five rising to seven, and, and plenty of talk about the Adorma fee. Does it kind of put clubs in a difficult situation? Because because it with the TV money and with everything that's rolling around in the game now, five million, comparatively speaking, is is a little bit of a drop in the ocean. But then, equally, do you have to take a step back and think, well, when we might never ever get this bid for this player again, even though he might be a useful squad player? Is there is there a balancing act to, to be taken into account? Well, of course. I mean, the bottom line. I mean, a lot of people like Adam Reach. I like Adam Reach. I think he's very versatile and he could do a job. But he didn't feature for Borough last year. He wasn't an active squad player. And to, to get £7 million potentially for someone who's not an active squad player is, is incredible business. And you say it's, it's a drop in the ocean and uh, it isn't in the Championship. And frankly, I think some of the fees that have been play, paid in the Championship this summer are, are completely and utterly crazy because there's only three teams can go up. And that means when, they, when the music stops, there's going to be two or three teams that have spent way, way past what can be sustained in that division. They're going to have to take some... Very, very harsh decisions. Could that so, be because... Sometimes you just have to. 
we've heard this before from the club, and sometimes we didn't particularly want player A to leave. But sometimes it just makes sense for that to happen. And I think the reality is Adam Reeves wouldn't have featured much this season, if at all. But we're already out of the one cup, uh, which is where he might have been, had some involvement. And personally, I think he's a far better player than Carlos de Pena from what I've seen. But he won't play either. So yeah. I suspect if Stuart Downing, for example, was to suffer an injury, um, would Adam Reeves be the player that Aitor Kranker would have turned to, to 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 play wide on the left? I'm not sure he would have been. In the, that's the reality. I mean... Plus, it's it's a two way thing as well. I mean, the Borough haven't harshly, coldly pushed Adam Reach out in the, no, into no. the into the, the wilderness. Adam Reach will have will have wanted to leave because he will want first team football. Yeah, he's at the age now where he needs to be establishing himself. Another year on loan from Borough is not going to help his career. And from uh, a player's perspective, a five year deal at a club like Sheffield Wednesday, we're on the up. Great security Absolutely. for him, isn't it? Yeah, I, mean, I it's think it's just a good move for everybody, course, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And sometimes fans get angry about a player leaving as if it's some kind of Dickensian cruelty by, by the mill owner. It's not. It's, it's a very, it's a very uh, fluid uh, employment market. And players are looking for their next move all the time, just as clubs are looking to replace people before their contracts are up. And it's a ruthless game. And you know, in football, you're only ever one injury away from missing the moment that could define your career. And a big move like that is dangled in front of you. The vast majority of players will take it. I think the other thing as well is, for me, looking at it, the crucial thing is that the defence and the defensive midfield positions are sound. Is oh, it, yeah. it, the Borough have done really well in that you position. You could name two defences, couldn't you? Yeah, you could almost. You know, you've got George Friend, um, you've got Barragan on the right, you've got four options for centre-backs, you've got Chambers, Fabio. Yeah, you've got Fabio's cover for George now. Fingers crossed he's fit soon. You've got um, Chambers who can play across the back as well. So, And then you look at the defensive midfield positions, another four players there, Vine. So that area of the pitch, we want Valdez fit soon. I think we'd all agree on that. But, you know, so whatever else happens this season, I think Borough will be hard to beat. And yeah. I think that was shown at West Brom when Borough eked out a vital point in a match against a team that's probably going to be one of their rivals. And, and that, that, for me, is always the priority. You know, it's not sexy to, to talk about keeping clean sheets and to have a solid defence, but teams that prosper in the Premier League are hard to break down. I mean, it's no secret that West Brom under Pulis don't concede goals. Now, they might be on the downward slide now, but they've stayed in the Premier League, and, and that's a success in itself. So, yeah, there's going to be questions further forward, but... You know, in the part in, in those defensive positions, I think Borough have done really good business. Uh, the attacking midfield, then we we touched on that. Obviously, Adoma Adoma leaving, uh, which is a good signing for Villa, isn't it? You know, top end Championship club. Well, they hope to be. Uh, Traore coming in. Is is there an element of risk in that you're letting a not a proven player because Adoma hasn't done it in the Premier League, but a more experienced player go and someone who who has no English experience really, given the fact he didn't play at Villa, come in and and the the kind of shortage that you mentioned Phil do you think that there is an element of risk there uh, there's always a risk you know w- w- even if you buy someone that's an established player there's always a risk bringing someone in, new into the club uh, we did say all along that what Borough needed was pace and you know we know that Traore's got that so that, that's a plus uh, whether you're bedding or not that's, that's always an unknown uh, we don't know that Albert would have been a success in the, in the Premier League. I mean, we, we know that it's the nature of wingers, it's in their DNA to be inconsistent. And uh, while Albert has given us some memorable moments and you know, real magic over the last couple of years, and, and he was capable of sprinkling a little, little bit of uh, fairy dust on the pitch, also for long spells, he was really frustrating. 
his ball retention wasn't always brilliant. His final delivery wasn't wasn't always brilliant, and I think probably he would be one of the ones that when they sat down at the beginning of the summer had a question mark next to his name. So I think we should be wary of think you know creating a situation where we've let let a world beater go. Uh, whether Traore or Fisher grab the game by the throat, we don't know yet. Well, isn't there? A, I mean, the thing is though, surely now there's a reliance for one of them to to, to have to hit the ground running because. If you have Downing, Ramirez and Stuani, now beyond them, if one was to get injured or if Stuani you yeah. know, is not, he's not a natural on the right, you'd say, then, then surely either Fisher or Traore are going to have to hit the ground running as, as regulars or as close to regulars without maybe starting every single Yeah, I, could, I, can, I can see it conceivably being Aitor's first choice attacking midfield trio for the foreseeable few weeks might still be Stuani, mm. Ramirez, Downing because um, they're experienced players... Uh, particularly down in, in, in Stuani, and obviously Ramirez has been clearly identified as the borough number ten, uh, first choice borough number ten. Um, so there will be a period where you'd have to think um, Fisher's going to have to get some some games under his belt somehow, and it's for me crucial that Triori plays some football somewhere somehow. Obviously, he can play for the twenty ones. He could be. Um, it, it's going to be difficult to see Triari going straight in the team, though it would be an exciting and brave thing to do, wouldn't it? Maybe he'll be seeing his impact. So, so there, there are a few fringe players knocking on the door. You know, um, it, it, it's got, I'm, I'm intrigued by how this is going to work. I really honestly couldn't, if you asked me to put money on it, pick, pick the, the regular three, but I think he'll probably stick with what he knows at the is moment. Is Insuay now more likely to be used as a, as, a, as a midfield option, given the fact that Yeah, I, I would have thought he'd be third choice right back now, mm. and that would only be in a situation of a crisis. Uh, in terms of getting someone else in uh, to beef up that department, you know, it's not as easy as going to a supermarket and saying, well, I have him. You, know, you need a player who's better than what you've got, but also a player who's prepared to come to mm. the borough. And... Whether we like it or not, Borough are a new. As far as the outsiders are concerned, Borough are a newly promoted team, and they're a risk. So you're not going to get someone from the elite to come into that that situation. Uh, maybe next year, if Borough stay up, then when you go to do your signings, then you look a far more attractive prospect, and you can go shopping on a slightly higher mm-hmm. shelf. Uh, as it is now, I mean, the club may well have been looking at other players for that department, but if you can't get the one that's better than what you've got and who's willing to come, and at the right price, You'd, would you just waste money for the sake of making some kind well, of trophy well, signing? Well, top-notch number 10s are worth the weight in gold, oh, aren't they? I mean, how, how many can we honestly name sitting here right now that have Premier League experience or top-flight experience throughout Europe who, who would be available for under, you know, 30-odd million pounds? Mm. And even then you don't know whether that player would work. So I completely agree with Vic there that it would be a, a, real, a real gamble to spend virtually 50% of your available transfer kitty on one player who may, may or may not work. Um, I, thought, I thought, you know, without labouring too much the West Brom game, I thought that was a very, very interesting example of the Premier League and, and, and particularly Borough away from home, how they had to sacrifice an attacking element to, to really to nullify what is a pretty ordinary championship team. And I think that's going to be the... That's going to be a factor moving forward. We've all talked about having loads of exciting, offensive players, but the reality is that you're going to spend most of a lot of your matches out of possession, stopping the opposition. And so, um, you know, that, that, that's another reason why I think you mightn't see too much of 
someone like Triari early on because the one thing that the lad, the, the, our, one of our colleagues in the Birmingham Mail told us about him is that he needs to improve his defensive side of the game, his work rate in terms of tracking back on Borough. Well, soon be drilled into it. Yeah, when, 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 the, when his team doesn't have the ball. So, so I think it's lovely to picture a, a, a really exciting trio bombing forward and creating chances for Negredo or whoever. But I think the reality is that Borough are going to be a much more compact, solid, or will have to be a much more compact and solid you know, side. I know. I know. People were saying that during and after the West Brom game, if only you put that player on, Borough would be ripping these lot apart. Well, unfortunately, football's not as simple as that. You know, West Brom were close to to to, to, to beating Borough that day. Not, and it, it took a terrific, well organised display from Borough to win their way into the game. And although they didn't create a lot, they got a really useful point, and it isn't going to be good to look at. But um, you know, the type of player Borough is going to need. Over the next few months, is somebody you can do a variety of jobs well. Uh, obviously, the the twenty five man squad was named the day later. No real surprises there. Four keepers is probably a surprise because clearly, they they were working behind the scenes. Well, I said several times in press conferences that they were working to for one of the players, to, one of the keepers to leave. So that would have been a surprise. Uh, it's probably a diplomatic thing to put them all four in the squad rather than just name three and leave one isolated which would might be a, a bit cruel and, and possibly counterproductive within the harmony of the group so that was a surprise uh, obviously there's a couple of lads who are under 21 who are, are free uh, so potentially there's two spaces in the squad come January if he needs to, to tweak it Is it the case that keepers can leave on emergency loans as well still? Yeah, if yeah. push comes to shore Yeah um, but then I think I think that's a, it's an interesting area of the keepers, isn't it? It's you know you've got you'd have to think Valdez is far and away the number one, but then the other three, it's it's a real you know, Guzan hasn't looked that much better than Dimi in a lot of people. But, say. but he has got two hundred top flight games. Yeah, that, that's the di- you know that's the difference. He's, he's more experienced. Mm-hmm. He's an international, and what have you. But um, I, I worry that Valdez maybe has a long spell out of the team that would be unsettling. But but apart from that, I think you know. It's it's the twenty five pretty much you'd expect, isn't it? Sorry, just taking a sip of your tea. Just, just <laughs> uh, the start of the season, then um, obviously the, the Fulham game was a disappointment. I guess one of the disappointing aspects of that is players like Triore and the likes now don't get that that Bristol City home game, which would have been a perfect opportunity, wouldn't it, for them to yeah. to go in? Um, but league wise, at five points out of nine, and, and with a game at Crystal Pal- home at Crystal Palace, which you deem winnable, wouldn't you? Um, you go into that game on the back of five points out of nine thinking we can build on this with a, a really a, another great result to build on a really promising start. Yeah, I mean, we, we said at the start that we you know, wanted a couple of games to unbeaten, find your feet, uh, open up a little gap over the bottom three, get a bit of momentum, and that's that's happened. Uh, three games unbeaten, uh, for all the talk of Borough struggling to, to penetrate or, or score, I mean, actually the goals that have come out have been very impressive. There's been, there actually has been some good movement going forward, which shows signs that they can hit teams on the counter and uh, for long spells against Stoke, Sunderland uh, and at West Brom they had to dig in deep and, and they did that, they managed that. Uh, so that's answered two of the questions that when we got promoted, you know, could we score goals and could we keep out better organised, more physical, direct teams and the answer there is, is yes. Uh, it's not perfect, obviously, so there's an adjustment time. Uh, the first couple of games, I think everyone noticed the last 20 minutes they were running out of steam and you know, and uh, maybe there was a, 
an issue of stepping up in the fitness level because in the Premier League we're up against teams who may not be world beaters but they're fitter and they're faster and they're more organised and a lot of them have four, five, six years experience in that division so every game is a big, big test and I think Borough have come through that in the first first couple of games in really good shape. I think I think what what I've spotted certainly from the West Brom game is that um, if, if Borough and, and organised aren't prepared to deal with a team like we saw in the first 15 minutes at the Hawthorns they're vulnerable just like any team but also what I saw was the moment Borough got their game together they got their game plan they dropped Stewie back they became more solid a lot of the players who looked impressive in the first 15 minutes for West Brom suddenly looked very ordinary you know James McLean at first looked oh he's a world yeah. beater Darren Fletcher was bombing the ball about, wasn't he? Um, Rondon looked a handful, but with you know half an hour into the game, suddenly the the whole thing changed, and I think that's symptomatic of the Premier League. There's a lot of and that teams was, that, that was similar to Sunderland yeah. as well. Yeah, in the was. first ten yeah. minutes, Janazai was ripping yeah. George to bits, and it, it did look really problematic. It was a torrid first ten minutes, and I think what shows me is that the Premier League's not all that great and I've, I've thought that for a long time. But obviously, it's about it's about being organised. It's about being hard to beat. It's about being being difficult to break down and taking your chances when they come across, and um, what it also tells me is you, you know Burr have already taken four points out of six against two teams that might well be around them in the league. Again, I know you can't target games specifically, but Palace has to be a game you don't want to lose at yeah. least. Yeah. You know, and because you've got to go to Everton after that, and Everton under Kerman will be a difficult team, of course. And you, yeah, well, so you kind of think get three points in the bag against Palace, and it's it's, it's easier said than done, of course, but. That that's a brilliant start. I mean, five out of nine for me is all you know. One point away from two points a game, if, if that's not too convoluted. Um, Seventy-six points probably get in the Champions League. <laughs> well, certainly <laughs> Europa League. Yeah. So I think I think there's Rara. no we've, we've got nothing to fear. Certainly got nothing to fear. Obviously, course, there's some harder tests to come. But to, to to get four points out of six in two difficult away games, is terrific. Yeah. Just before we wrap up, both both touched there on the on the kind of defensive solidity, and it's been refreshing, hasn't it, to see that they've, they've taken that that up because obviously you're coming up against better players. I thought Defoe was brilliant his movement, the likes at Sunderland. Now, obviously, all this talk about the options you've got Chambers, Barragan, Nsuwe right back, Chambers, Gibson, Ayala, Espinosa, centre half, friend and Fabio left back. What do you think the the first choice? I know it's putting you on the spot. What do you think the first <laughs> choice back four would be now? Because Barragan's been. Yeah. Excellent. In every position, say, but it's all. Yeah. Hasn't well, it? I think the centre backs is the intriguing one because as as, as Espinosa come here to be a, a sub to to Ben Gibson and Danny Ayala, um, I, I suspect the player who may miss out more often than not might be Chambers, if only because you know he signed Espinosa. Ben Gibson's doing well. Ayala's a, 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 has been you know come back from injury already. So uh, Chambers might push for right back, of course. Barragan hasn't had too many goals there yet, so it'd be interesting to see how it is. But I would say Barragan. Maybe it's Ayala, Gibson and Friend for the time being. I just like the idea that there is competition and options. Uh, last year it was pretty much established that it was it was you know, Gibbo and Ayala. Uh, but the group itself has been immeasurably strengthened, I think. And that, that's got to be a good thing because it's a department where suspensions and injuries are a, a part and parcel of the game. And, and last year, you know, if one of those players was out... You know, whenever the back four was disrupted last year, that's when we had a bad run of results. And Borough going off the boil last year coincided with with Ayala being mm. out for for eight or ten games. You would have confidence this year that if anyone was out, that the person coming in was at least as good. And also the fact that you have 
that competition means that nobody can relax at all in that position. So uh, I think it's great, to be honest. I, I, don't, I don't mind who plays, and it'd be quite nice to see a few... Uh, a few of the new boys in action just to see what they're actually like. I mean, I know it's a risk putting new people in, but Espinosa's been winning rave reviews in the, in the 23s. Everyone's saying he's fantastic. I haven't personally seen him myself yet, but I would. I'd like to see him play. I think his position was excellent at Scunny on Tuesday night. Yeah, I mean, before his injury, was he a regular international, Espinosa? No, I don't think he has been in, in the on the colours. That could be, you know, that could be interesting if he's doing the Stuani and disappearing off to South America for a couple of weeks here and there. But that that could be a factor, you know. The Karanka and Tabara's argument <laughs> once again. Uh, oh, sorry, I thought you were going to carry on. Bill, uh, weekend without football, then any plans for a Saturday without Borough? I don't know what to do on a Saturday without football. We've had three so far this season. It feels like we're still in the summer because. I haven't got into the rhythm yet, so uh, uh, I'll probably pace up and down the living room watching the results come in on Sky Sports News. And counting down the seconds until Big Sam's first game, obviously. Uh, what? Uh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, fellas. Thanks a lot.